Welcome to the Truth CSGO podcast, episode 95. Today we're talking Henry G. He has been accused of rape. Complexity and Evil Geniuses win the Blast Premier Finals. Penta returns to CS. Mixworld deserts CS. Yumpy sues the wrong company. Australis lies to the public. MIBR have a beef with Furia. Giants eye the acquisition of Copenhagen Flames. Apex sign Dennis and Biali gets a new team. Hey guys, this is Electro. Hey guys, I'm Guardian. This is Daps. This is Nico. This is Nifty. This is Chris J. This is Fair. Godzilla. Flasher. Oh, this is Kerrigan. Are you listening to the truth? The truth. The truth. The truth. The truth. The truth. The truth. CSGO podcast. The truth. CSGO podcast. The truth. CSGO podcast. Are we rushing in or are we going sneaky beaky like? So I thought we'd uh, begin this episode with a quote from Bertrand Russell. And it really underlines the, how should I say, the motto of this podcast. He says, the whole problem with the world is that fools and fanatics are always so certain of themselves and wise people so full of doubts. So let's start with Henry G's news because it's a little more serious in the content this podcast usually deals with. So I'd rather tackle it head on and then move on to the more CS related stuff. Henry G is, of course, one of the premier casters of Counter-Strike and for my money, the best caster currently active, considering Sadakist seems to be on a bit of a hiatus. Now, last night, a Twitter user with the title Kelly Jean, who calls herself his ex, has published a tweet longer detailing a bunch of bad behavior during their time together, including details of an incident where she claims he raped her. She says, and I quote, my ex Henry G, uh, Henry Greer, was verbally, emotionally, and mentally abusive and had sex with me when I did not and could not consent. I won't read out the whole thing, but it ranges from the night in question to shouting and lying and gaslighting in terms of what she's accusing him of doing. Henry G is yet to comment. He's repped by WME, which if you're not aware of who they are, they're the biggest entertainment agency in the world. So undoubtedly he is preparing some sort of statement or public apology. Uh, Now, Kelly Jean tweeted after this, I'm not advocating for any consequences. I'm literally here just to talk my truth and let other women know, which I guess is her clarifying the motive. So this is a disastrous thing for Henry, uh, obviously, initially. Um, Previously, it appears to have been a disastrous thing for Kelly Jean to have been associated with Henry. It's obviously been a very shitty situation for her. Uh, and is now going to get really shitty for Henry. But it's also a really dangerous time to say, or for me to say, or to think that I'm confused by it all. Because I guess my confusion comes from the assumption that I've always had that the reason we have courts and police and the law is to deal with this sort of thing. Um, But there's a lot of other people who've replied to this tweet and have written on Reddit that courts are actually terrible at prosecuting people accused of rape, um, which I wasn't aware of. That being the case, at least in the Western world, these commentators didn't make it clear it was in the US or the UK or anywhere specific. Now, I actually casually Googled um, a question about the efficacy of rape prosecution. Uh, Really, I did the the most minimal sort of um, research about this. And the first article that came up was one from The Guardian that found that at least in the UK, rates of rape cases uh, being reported had actually increased in recent years, I think up 14% or something in the last three years, but the number of people charged had actually fallen and was currently at 1.4% of all cases reported. The Independent, another news website, said it was actually at one9 so let's 
say it's it's probably somewhere in that bracket, which means that around every 200 cases of rape reported to the police in the UK, only three will actually be prosecuted and go to trial. I know Henry is English. I think he lives in the Maldives, perhaps? I think, oh no, um, uh, Malta. I think he lives in, in Malta. Uh, this girl appears to be the U.S., so it's unclear where he might be prosecuted if this were to go to trial. Um, I did a little more research, and it appears at least 9 out of 10 crimes are currently going uncharged by the police in the U.K. I found it a lot harder to find stats for the U.S. It could just be the way my Google is set up. Uh, but one wonders if this means the court of public opinion hasn't come about just because social media uh, makes us crazy validation whores, but because there's actually a large vacuum in the results of policing and that what Kelly Jean has done might actually be a consequence of that. Some of this research suggested that the average rape case takes 129 days to solve in the UK. To put that into perspective, theft or criminal charges generally takes one or two days. That info is courtesy of the BBC's website. Now, the stuff I found on The Independent painted a picture of police funding having fallen so much that committing the sort of diligence like going through 40,000 messages on someone's phone as part of a prosecution of a rape case isn't something that police have time for, even if it might be necessary to prove someone's guilt or innocence, as can be seen in the recent case of a guy called Liam Allen who was acquitted at the last minute after two years on parole uh, for rape. Now, there seems to be a lot of visible sentiment about the trauma of going through the legal system for victims of this sort of thing. Quite a few people have commented on the tweet uh, tweet and the article on Reddit or the... Uh, topic on Reddit, I should say. It seems to me that the Court of Public Opinion might provide at least the kind of forum in which some sort of justice can be served without having to potentially face the rapist again in person or testify in person um, or be questioned as to the veracity of your statements, both of which would be pretty horrifying, I would imagine. So there's lots lots to think about uh, in in this whole case. And before you get on Twitter or Reddit or anywhere else demonizing anyone, either Kelly, Jean for posting it or Henry for the accusations, just remember, unless you know the parties involved personally, this info isn't actually any of your business. If you have a strong opinion about it at this very early stage, it's possible it says more about you than the situation. With that said, let's move on to Blast Premiere Finals. Blast Premiere had its grand final last night and Complexity took the win over Vitality. It was a three-map game. They were blasted by Invertigo, uh, by Vitality, but they came back in the next two maps. And this is the Juggernaut's first trophy and a massive validation for BlameF in particular, who is putting up amazing numbers while leading the team. I should say their first trophy with the new lineup because, of course, they did have a previous lineup who uh, had unacceptable results. Uh, in the eyes of Jason Lake. Now, this puts complexity in the Blast Global Finals, which are TBA in terms of when they're going to be happening and where. Actually, Vitality also have qualified for that. There are several other teams, TBD, including, uh, at the very least, the winner of the Rio Major. Now, Config in this team also had a very notable game in the lead-up uh, to this final in their match against Na'Vi. If you didn't see that one, it was a killer. They went 2-1 to one over Na'Vi, but especially in Mirage, Config had a hard carry at one point of 27-3. to three. Now, this is not a bad showing for Vitality. They are looking the best they have looked after the loss of Alex. And as Anders was so eager to point out, Apex is looking like a pretty damn good 
uh, coach, especially in tandem with XTZQQZXTZ, um, however pronounce you, how you pronounce the coach's name. Now, considering Vitality had just played a best of three against FaZe in the semis as well, and a very close one, they certainly had the harder task here. I should mention very quickly that FaZe's semi against them really displayed the chink in the FaZe armor uh, and also the aforementioned strengths of Apex. Now, Blast Premier also had its Spring America Finals this morning. Liquid uh, were not in the Grand Finals. <laughs> they actually came last. They lost to, lost to Evil Geniuses and Furia. The Grand Finals here, I don't know why I mentioned Liquid, but there you go. The Grand Finals here was Evil Geniuses, and they were playing MIBR. They won 2-0. And I should give the microphone over to Tarek, who said in the interview with HLTV afterwards, it isn't the same feeling as being at an event on the stage, but it is still a big win for us. We've been working really hard, and I think we're all extremely happy with the way that we played at this event. Obviously, the fact that we won against MIBR was really big as well because they had beat us the last three, in brackets, two times in a row. <laughs> so for us to come back and win in the finals means a lot to us. I think he said the last three times, and then the HLTV um, interview was like, actually, it was two. Uh, so that's good for them because we were just really just calling for a, a sort of a roster change or something happening in that camp. They definitely were not looking like the best in NA, what, two, three episodes ago, uh, maybe even the last one. Uh, killer for them. MIBR obviously aren't out for the count. T- TRK looks like a much better addition to this team than um, old What's-His-Face from Portugal who was in there 10 minutes ago. Uh, and Taka was actually the top fragger in this in these finals. So it appears that MIBR will probably be keeping this roster for at least the foreseeable future and probably not going on the vision quest I so fervently suggested they do. Now, interestingly, it seems that MIBR will not be going to the Blast Global Finals. I'm not quite sure why. I think, I guess, probably because there's half the amount of teams in the NA uh, finals than there were in Europe, but they're going to have to find another way to qualify if they want to make it. Let's move on to some other news. Mixwell has gone to Valorant. Yes, the Spanish Jeff Goldblum. He's been playing with Draken and Scream, among others, uh, Pith or Pit, uh, in the Valorant service quite some time. He's another one of those faces from that old optic video with Hex walking around the enormous deserted mansion in the middle of the forest in the outskirts of Minnesota or wherever it was, replete with cracked empty spa baths from some sort of Manson era homeowners who shagpiled the whole place for their skunk-infused sex romps, uh, in which he found Mixwell in some dank basement playing CS by himself while he waited for the place to populate with other in-betweeners like some sad sim outpost. I remember thinking, what a fucking life. If, if I was a CSGO pro around that time and I was from the sunny climes of Valencia, where I believe Mixwell hails from, and I ended up in that um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre of an outpost, I might have been uh, questioning my life choices. Uh, in other news, Penta has returned to CSGO. Oh, I should say, Mixwell, uh, I wish him the best. It's a shame he's out. Um, he did have some flashes of brilliance, but we we didn't really see that again, did we? He went. He had a little stint on Cloud9. He had that time with movie star writers where they didn't really do anything. He was sort of going to try and allo them into uh, an Ents-like entity. Didn't happen. Anyway, best of luck in Valorant. Hope to see more of you, mate. Now, yeah, as I said, Penta has returned to CSGO. Penta 
is an org that we haven't seen. I think they're a, they're a German org. We haven't seen them since 2017. They used to have players like Zen, uh, who's now on Godsent, uh, Dennis with one N, and uh, Innocent and Tensky. I think that was the last iteration of them. But of course, they were most known for having Crystal as their IGL for quite some long stretch of time. It was a real party bag over the years. Uh, and they were basically the whole time a sort of middle-of-the-pack German team. They had their best results in the majors of 2014 and 2015, uh, where they hosted players such as Tabson and Searson, who are now odds popping off on uh, Berlin International Jaming. Uh, now, in fact, Penta's last good result was coming second at the PGL Europe Minor in 2017, where, in fact, they lost uh, to Big with Tabson. And at that particular time, Sonny and HS were in the saddle. So these guys have now signed the former Euronics core of Red, PDY, Nevis, Zen, and Sinx. Now, the only thing I know about any of these guys is that Zen admitted to cheating in the past and was banned on Face It. This was in 2017. Uh, there's not much point going into it unless this team does anything noteworthy. This is actually not a bad time to come back into German CS with Big hitting the top 10 this week. There's a possibility German players were going to need uh, some poaching at some point. Now, we've also reported on Yampi suing uh, Valve in the past. Turns out he's sued the wrong company, apparently. Uh, according to Nellen Direct, Yampi's lawyer, Hanu Kalkas, has sued the wrong company. Uh, they've sued Valve GmbH, a sister company of Valve. This was founded in 1996. Uh, it is a corporation that is headquartered in the USA. Uh, no, wait a second. Valve is headquartered in the USA, while Valve GmbH is a subsidiary established in Germany in 2016. Apparently, they have nothing to do with CSGO, and since GmbH does not operate in Finland, the Finnish court has no jurisdiction to hear the case since the company is German. I th believe this means that at some point, Yampi might have to actually just sue valve corporation the u.s company i'm not sure whether that's even possible uh there have been rumors actually that valve are going to be responding to yumpy in some form or another it could be a flaming turd on his uh, balcony that he's forced to stamp out uh it could be some eggs in the front window we're not quite sure at this point uh hopefully this doesn't uh end badly for him he's done some good things on ants and it'd be a shame if uh he'd have to sort of keep that career hobbled although if you're an X7 fan, you are hoping that this particular lawsuit gets thrown out of court. Now, there's also been a bit of a beef between Furia and MIBR in the last week. We saw a tweet from Fur saying, Furia, you are shit. <laughs> this probably means uh, shit humans and not shit at CSGO because Furia have a tendency to beat MIBR these days. Now, on the 17th of June, MIBR and Furia played in the Blast Premier Spring Finals with MIBR coming out on top 2-0. And during the match, several MIBR players experienced lag and crashes and Fur crashed on Inferno and got killed in the apartments, and MIBR asked the Furia players for a round reset, which they actually didn't have to accept as per the rules since damage had already been done. Uh, I think it was a nade on maybe Taco or something. Anyway, the Furia guys just didn't say anything. They left the decision up to their coach as per the rules, and they decided the coach decided to reset, so they accepted the reset. Now, MIBR got angry at Furia in-game and afterwards on Twitter, for not showing good sportsmanship and resetting the round immediately, instead waiting and staying quiet in-game. Now, apparently, Furyk stayed quiet because their coach, uh, Gary, was already talking with the admin and the MIBR coach. 
and he hit back saying that uh, the guys were doing just what they'd told what he told them to do. Now, Fallen put out a long statement on his Twitter trying to justify this mindset, how he stood behind Ferd's first words, how he was a man of his words, how he was honourable, and how he expected better of Furia. And so, once again, basically, uh, adults uh, using social media to act like children. Gary the coach had hit back after this, saying that the evidence that Fallen posted, which he posted in a little video after the game, or actually, I think it was during the halftime or the wait, should have actually been posted on Discord to them, and they never got that evidence, and blah, 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 blah. And he, I think he said as well that, uh, according to a Redditor, All of Furious players are 10 times the man that some of MIBR players are. And I think he hinted at Fur mostly. So well done, Gary. Well done, Fallen. None of you have come out looking great in this scenario. And the lesson is, dear listeners, get off social media. All of you, now. Do it. And if you are hesitating, don't hesitate. Do it. More news, Monte Cristo was named the Flashpoint Commissioner, commissioner? <laughs> and apparently the veteran broadcaster will act as a liaison between Flashpoint and the fans as part of the league's Board of Governors to help approve formats and tournament rules and enforce player penalties and competitive sanctions. I'm, I'm quoting here an HL TV article that was quoting the Blast press release, and I'm confused as to what this even means. What do the fans have to do with formats, tournament rules, player penalties, and competitive sanctions? What kind of press release was this? This was reported as a piece of news on HLTV, but it feels like some internal comms for Blast, sorry, for Flashpoint, that someone's just shared with HLTV in the hope they'd print it for the press. Uh, If this keeps Monte Cristo from awkwardly interviewing players, I'm happy with it. I'm sure Monty's got the esports knowledge. He seems like a very cool dude. But as a piece of on-camera talent, he's not my favorite. Now, the Giants are looking to sign Copenhagen Flames, and this was a bit of a sneaky, dirty, tasty little tidbit of a treat uh, leaked by I think it was DK I should give the proper uh, credit where it's due here but if it happens it'll happen and if it doesn't then uh, perhaps they don't want the credit anyway the Spanish org giants they're looking to sign Copenhagen Flames after the departure of their Argentinian roster existence galaxy Flames of course have refresh he's probably the player we've talked most about on that roster uh, currently they're ranked 39th they did okay at flashpoint despite actually losing three of their best players recently, including a Cillion, who ended up winning the whole thing with Mad Lions. Now, some suggest the Flames have become available rather coincidentally at a time when Astralis are seemingly snapping up every Danish player who's not under contract. And by some, I mean Richard Lewis and Duncan Nicola Nyholm is my Carol Baskin Shields. Now, Apex, Apex, the Norwegian team, have signed Dennis. Dennis of two ends of the double N, a.k.a the pistol jawed they've signed him after he's been standing in for a little bit to replace ratifaction not gratisfaction ratifaction it's satisfaction but it's rad man now uh he of course uh was as i said the pistol jawed he is ex-fanatic and ex-nip he hasn't looked great in his first few games with apex actually i think he's played about Oh, he's played several anyway. Now, Apex are notorious, absolutely bad to the bone, notorious for having the player Truth on their roster. It is, of course, not me. Uh, I am actually Silver. This is evidence that our mutual name is subjective, of course. Now, they're ranked 63, and as of writing this, they've gone down to a Russian team called Hard For You. That's H-A-R-D space number four space capital U. 
These guys are ranked 74, so this is a disastrous fall in fortunes for the Pistol Jod, although considering Apex <laughs> weren't even in the top 100 last December, perhaps they're on the up and up. Now, the most important news uh, of this uh, whole podcast, actually, I'm going to leave for the next part. Because first we're going to talk about Richard Lewis. He's been reporting on Australis having some burnout. So a couple of podcasts ago, I had a little skit about Glaive getting a text from Zipix's Cabana, which uh, seems to have painted a rosier picture of the situation than that was actually going on. Richard Lewis published a report on Deserto that suggests the players in Australis weren't being allowed breaks from the organization and that Zip and Glaive had to obtain notes from doctors, which meant the company was legally required to give them a break. So the moral of the whole article was that Australis is scummy, CSPPA is useless and didn't do anything for the Australis players. This is nothing we hadn't really learned from the insinuations in Thorin's ridiculously inflammatory tweeting in the past couple of weeks. So I'm, you know, I'm thinking, if these guys weren't allowed holidays because of their contracts, am I wrong in thinking it's kind of their fault too? Didn't they sign the contracts? I'm kind of unsure as to what was stopping them from playing here. Because these guys are the ones who won the major, not Australis, not the actual corporation. Don't they have some sort of power if the uh, stipulation of a holiday isn't in the contract or is in the contract? Then that's a whole different matter. Uh, I'm not sure whether seeing them here, I guess, in that light as complete victims makes much sense to me. Obviously, I don't know as much of what's going on behind the scenes as... Uh, Mr. Lewis, do I think these guys should be allowed to have whatever the fuck they need to continue being the most amazing Counter-Strike team of all time? I mean, pretty much. If Dupree wants a bowl of only brown M&Ms at every single tournament, start sorting M&Ms, motherfuckers. If Zonic wants to ride into every grand final on a zebra, contact the fucking Copenhagen Zoo. I know zebras are untamable, but if I were Nicola Nyholm, at the very least, get an ornery little pony and paint that fucker up so at least he's got the semblance of a zebra just so that you can cart fucking Zonic into the Lanxus arena. Now, if the players don't want to talk publicly about their shit, I don't see why they have to. The fact that they acted publicly uh, like getting... The fact that the, basically the corporation acted publicly as if getting a Yugi and Snappy and S-Attack was sort of part of this master plan to make a 10-man roster as opposed to a panic buy because uh, the players were threatening to book that ticket to the Bahamas doesn't seem to me to be a mortal sin. So a company lied in their PR statement to make themselves look like they were in control. That that seems quite, <laughs> I don't know, it seems like business as usual, which, you know, it's not a great thing, but it doesn't seem like, you know, major news. It could be that they've broken some company rule of being accountable to their shareholders uh, in a Danish court of law. It, it might be very hard to prove that once it became clear Glaive wanted a three-month massage in CoPP, that the company directors didn't say, okay, well, what are the benefits of a 10-man roster? And then use that research to justify changes internally. I think one of the things Thorin seems irate about in this situation is that the Australis owners are going to sell this company the moment it's really sellable and are running it uh, with that in mind, as opposed to having some glorious high-minded motive for it, like creating the most pure CS-loving dynasty that ever existed, uh, or, I guess, <laughs> treating the players... Uh, like the gods, um, he sometimes bemoans us for treating them as. Or perhaps there's just a respectful middle ground. Anyway, humans be humans, fuckwits be fuckwits. We're on the topic of Australis and corporate uh, machinations, I guess I should say. Can I make a request of you, dear listener? 
When you see an engagement baiting question from a brand, it could be your favorite team, it could be your favorite restaurant, I would like you to think twice about why you're being prompted to engage. Is it really because the brand wants your opinion on which CSGO player is the most underrated of all time, or just because they want you to help advertise them? Hmm? A couple of weeks ago, I think I think it was the Australis social media account had interacted with perhaps the Evil Genius' social media account. I tweeted out something along the lines of, this feels like a Balladian echo across a desolate post-apocalyptic landscape of culture or something equally pretentious. If you get where I'm going with this, I don't need to go on much longer, but I will read a quote from someone, I don't know who, that I found in my wisdom folder. This person says, The complete collapse of capitalism would bring on an identity crisis of staggering proportions. You mean we listen to all those advertising jingles for nothing? We memorized pin codes and coveted brands and shuffled around shopping malls in search of personal validation, and we were wasting our time? And those eerie puppet people who dressed like apprentice contestants and sat on the Bloomberg channel burping out phrases such as collateralized debt obligations and securitization and facilitate and drill down and going forward. Those people were boggle-eyed, bullshitting lunatics, and the entire system was a tosser's delusion. None of us could have ever guessed. We didn't have to guess. We knew. We knew. If you're currently thinking that uh, truth might have gone a little crazy, it's possible. To you, I would say, have some fucking dignity. And actually, this is very similar to the little call to arms I put out several episodes ago to some of my listeners who I knew were simping on thoughts (laughs) on Twitter and liking every sort of twisted, backwards selfie in the mirror with an ass in the air posted by some 18-year-old in lingerie that appeared on my Twitter feed every time I logged in. You... Low self-worth bastards. Get off CS money. Get off rivalry. Get off Betway. Stop giving people your money who don't give a shit about you. Don't be a shill for corporations. Now, the final piece of news uh, on a lighter note is actually concerning this podcast's most, uh, how should we say, beloved mystery figure. He of the most incredible uh, A-site hold on cash. Of course, I'm talking about none other than Pavel Belinsky, a.k.a. Biali, or Biali, or Bi Ali. He joins Avez. This is the first org he has been with since parting ways with Virtus Pro. The 26-year-old Polish superstar has made his return with Avez. He's actually standing in there uh, since May and has now been given the keys to the Lambo. Avez were founded at the end of 2018, have had some fairly good results in Polish tourneys, but have stumbled on their international games since adding Bialko. They have bombed out of Blast Rising and Home Sweet Home, even though the... the, uh, A genius, that is Biali, has been coming in thick with a 1.06 rating. Now, these guys did, however, make it to the CIS, uh, not the CIS, sorry, the CS Summit Europe closed qualifier. Uh, and I think their first opponent's going to be Contact. They might have already played them. You will have to do some research. And I know you will because you're as big a fan of Bai Ali as I am. Now, their coach uh, in Avez is actually Bogdan. Older players are actually going to remember Bogdan from the meme Bogdan's Law which says if you've got lower HP, you should get the AWP, a rule that I see almost every match with pro players and have never once (laughs) abided by in my time matchmaking. Let's move on to some rosters. 
Now, there aren't actually any roster changes this week, but listener Brax, who helped prep the news, wanted to, wanted to do a little section on where he thinks some roster moves should be. I think we should freshen up this section, seeing as it is purely 100% unadulted, pulp-free speculation. With some Smile and Jack Casey by Tony Banks from the wonderful film with Kevin Bacon, Quicksilver. So Brax caveats these ideas for roster changes by saying... If we look at the top 30, and we keep in mind that all gay games are online right now, these are the teams that stand out have as having been bad or in a slump. He kicks it off with Team Liquid and would like to get rid of Nitro. He says, Since there have been rumours from Liquid's players uh, that Stewie is now in-game leading, uh, and that this was because he wanted Nitro to pick up his game, the um oh my god this doesn't make sense Brax I can't read this nonsense basically what's been happening is that Stewie's been IGLing so that Nitro can pick up his game but uh, Nitro hasn't been doing as well and has been bottom fragging I think now Brax advocates for keeping Stewie as IGL and maybe getting someone from Evil Geniuses or Gen G if Liquid has the money he says there's no other IGL available in America right now but I think there's one little option that I would like to add to this. Apparently, Cooper uh, and his team Swell Patrol are considering a return to CS after they got to the supposed awesome house party that was Valorant and realized no one had showed up and it was just Hiko in the backyard with a keg. So Cooper might be a replacement worth considering uh, if Liquid were actually to make a change. I'm pretty sure he was IGLing on Swole at some point. Uh, Brax would also like to see a possible roster change in mouse sports. He says they're probably in a slump because of online games. I would tend to agree. Uh, because before we went online, they definitely were killing it. And for a roster move, he'd say, minus Chris J. He's been underperforming and would like to get another frag or a second orb. Someone in like Smuya or Nucky or Nuki or Nukai. I don't actually know how to pronounce that guy's name. To Brax, I would say you are a filthy degenerate blasphemer and I chide your parents for raising such an insubordinate, churlish creature. Uh, now, Brax would also like to remove Issa, potentially, from OG and get in a better fragger. OG has been looking like hot stinking dog poo, he says. Ooh. They need to get their stuff together and start grinding it out. I'd say get Alex and also kick NBK or just a fragger. Now, I would say, because this has become a bit of a to and fro now, uh, Issa was actually the best thing about that team on their initial land games at Blast. So I don't know about actually getting rid of Issa. Uh, and I also heard rumors that he's playing from the Middle East or he might be playing from a completely different location as the rest of the guys. So this could be a ping problem. Uh, and you've got to remember the whole world is having ping issues right now. Everyone's online buying active wear. Bringing in Alex, I think, actually could be a good idea, but it might set up a clash for Alexi. Personally, I'd rather see Alex go to phase over Bimus. NBK, I agree, might seem a little whiffy right now. I haven't seen these guys played recently, so I will take your word for it, Brax. Now, he goes on to mention Virtus Pro. Virtus Pro, he reckons, should get rid of Adren and get in Buster. Or Nucky or Angel. Angel, Angel... Well, Angel would mean that, I guess... 
who are we talking about? James Urgeling, isn't he? Uh, that would probably be a better move. But Angel really doesn't put up very good numbers. And when someone like Blame F wins Blast while IGLing and top fragging, I'm not sure there's a really convincing case for Angel to be anything right now other than an IGL. Brack says VP have looked bad since the major finale, failing to qualify for ESL Pro League season 12, ending fourth place, and losing to teams like Dignitas and Mad Lions in Blast Premiere. He says kick a dren please and get someone good. I said perhaps like Dosia. Uh, that's basically it for all our roster news and stuff. Uh, we've got the CIS Fiesta, otherwise known as We Play coming up in two days and summit six is happening i think around in about six days so if you think all this relentless on online cs is over you are very much mistaken my friend oh yeah and you know what there's europe and there's na so you have two separate uh, competitions to be watching uh for summit again so i would get back on the couch and take your medicine I know you are sick of 100 thieves defecating in their own sleeping quarters and Navi failing to live up to the Katowice hype. And I know you're sick of looking at how many books Chris J has on his bookshelf and wondering if they're actually his or his parents, but too bad. Hey, where are you going? How dare you attempt to go outside? I don't care if the sun's shining. I don't care if you've got dreams or siblings or children to feed. Get back inside and sit on the goddamn couch and navigate to Twitch and watch some more online Counter-Strike. You enjoyed this episode and the fact that it's free and doesn't contain ads for gambling or scams i mean sorry skins websites you can let me know on twitter at the truthcsgo.com or the truth at the truthcsgo.com i've only got five more episodes to go until i tap out in death so you can contribute contribute to the patreon if you like buy me a cup of coffee perhaps patreon.com slash the truthcsgo and you won't even have to do it for much longer this episode's news was prepared by listener brax thank you brax uh music was by beaufort and until next time enjoy the game Thank you.